Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. It's the verbal version of the replay, the recap, the game seven, the draft, preseason, the rematch, players and coaches, the man keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away, dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip, we keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. And when it comes to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues, the ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nibbling at your nose Bung, we in the building, man. Stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image of the style that you're used to. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Top 9 Pass. You got me, the mayor, in the building. You already know how I give it up. You already know what I do. All right. Um, yeah, we, we in the building, man. Um, I came to... Came out from behind the woodworks and say, you know what, I'm going to talk for about an hour, man. Now I mean about what's going on right now. I get y'all caught up. I got my man, pretty Bob James in the building, a.k.a. the ubiquitous Bob James in the house. Holding me down behind the boards, man. Quick stuff. We're going to just come through and see what's good. We got some football stuff to talk about, man. Um, get y'all caught up on, you know, what's going on. The Steelers and the Ravens had a game earlier today. Yes, today, Wednesday. Understand that. Um, college basketball stuff. You know, Holyfield's calling out Mike Tyson. Here we go again with that. Um, and, and just a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on, man. I got you for like an hour, man. So we're going to rock out, man. Um, Major League Baseball, you know what I mean? Today was a day, man, where they, you know, um, where they're going to tender uh, contracts to guys. And um, not really too many people or too many surprises out there as far as, you know, guys who got non-tendered. Um, <clears throat> the only one I saw basically right now was Adam Duvall from the Atlanta Braves. He didn't get offered a contract and things of that nature. But I think, again, um, these off-seasons, however they move, are going to be very, very funny. They're going to be very funny. So I think that um, the only, you know, saving grace that a lot of these guys have in baseball right now, with you know, even dealing with what we're dealing with in, in, in the COVID scenario and this pandemic, is the fact that, yeah, the, the designated hitter is going to be used in both leagues. So I think that if you were a guy, um, a la Nelson Cruz, a la maybe a J.D. Martinez, a guy who, you know, can provide and has provided, you know, pop with your bat 
and, and, and can provide offense. You're a guy that now with the National League, um, you know, doing the designated hitter thing, you can, you know, extend your career for a couple of years. You know, so I think that you're going to see a lot of guys that who um, would normally probably, you know, either, you know, end up retiring or, um, you know, just not playing anymore, um, extend their careers. Edwin and Canacion, you know what I mean? Those guys, the Adam Zimmerman types, those guys, you know. So, again, I think that um, what you do is what you do, man, but it's all, it's all, you know, the reasoning of this new, uh, you know, of, of, of this new way of life and what we're doing, dealing with now and everything is thrown off kilter. So you got to make things happen. And this is the contingent part of, you know, um, the situation. You know, we always deal like, you know, with the worst, the worst scenario type thing. So this is what you got to deal with right now as far as worst type of th- scenario. Um, the Yankees, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm going to keep it on my Yankees, man. We, um, you know, kept... Um, Gary Sanchez, which for me is, I think that the Yankees, you know, they're feeling like this is this is the feeling that I get from the Yankees. I think that if somebody wants to pick that, you know, that contract up Gary Sanchez and they can trade for it, the Yankees will get something back. I think that that's what they'll do. I think that, you know, um, you know he's one of us. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be um, right. I mean, you know, or, you know, um, to let to let a guy that you know we kind of you know somewhat developed just let him go, but I I mean Gary Sanchez hasn't proven to be someone that you know when the pressure's on to kind of turn up he kind of shied away you know what I mean he's regressed behind the plate he's regressed at the plate you know I mean when he does it when he's on he's on you know but now at this point in the game when you know when you got the the kid Kyle uh, Hishioka doing his numbers, he's Garrett Cole's personal catcher now. So where does that leave Gary Sanchez? So, but the Yankees did not decide to um, let him go. They decided to, you know, hold on to him. So uh, apparently they're doing something, you know, they know something that we don't know, or they're going to try to, you know, get him, get him right. You know, because when Gary Sanchez is right, he's the truth, you know, and, and you don't want to see him turn into the truth of somebody else. You know, another player that I think that um, the Yankees have to figure out what they need to do with is Luke Voigt. I think, you know, we got him from St. Louis. I think Luke Voigt has been one of the most surprising, um, in, a, in, a, in a good way, surprising surprises for the Yankees. And, and, and again, um, he's, not the, he's not, you know, going to be Don Manley at first base, but He's going to be that guy that's going to provide some offensive pops. And even when he was hurt last year, he still was doing his numbers with the bat. So I think Luke Voigt is another guy. Um, I, I, I just think that, you know, when you're talking about baseball 2021, it's going to be some some different, you know, moves that, that, that are going to be made. Um, teams are now just, you know, looking at, at where they were, you know, in 2020. And some teams that, you know, um, the Miami Marlins, the Chicago White Sox, teams that you, you know, didn't think that they were ready, they were in the playoffs. So, again, so now, you know, they got that battery putting it back. They were, these, are, these are playoff teams now. We're talking about them in a playoff context. So, I think when, you know, when you talk about baseball 2021, there's going to be a lot more contenders, a lot more teams, you know, uh, feel like they can win right now. And, um We'll see, we'll see what happens. But, uh, again, man, 
Um, <clears throat> what, the, what the Yankees need to do, man, I think, you know, we need to kind of focus a little bit more on getting some pitching. I know with the, you know, situations that we got going on with Domingo Harmon coming back from suspension and all that, we don't know what he's going to bring to the table. You know, Paxton and, 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 and um, Tanaka, Tanaka being, you know, putting himself out there as a free agent, we, you know, we need to get some pitching. So we'll see how that goes down the line, all right? Um, a couple of teams that can be, you know, um, hot stove buyers in this, in this offseason, you know, um, with the with with the um, the the owner the uh, the the um, meetings owners meetings are supposed to be this week. So you know you figure out now with teams with the COVID and nobody can really be you know in close proximity with each other. Teams are going to have to just work it out, you know, by you know by feel, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, <clears throat> you look at the team like the Dodgers, world champions. Um, you know, you figure that they're going to be over the luxury tax for 2020. Um, but I think this is their first, you know, year in the danger zone since, you know, um, you, know dealing, you know, dealing with that, you know, the Magic Johnson money and all that type of stuff. The Dodgers doing their thing. They win World Series of Bust Mode for a couple of years now. Um, you got to improve that roster. And, and how do you go about improving the Dodgers roster? Um, I think they still, you know, might be in the market for some starting pitching. Again, Kershaw is a year older. Um, they might need some infield help, but I think they expect the Dodgers to be very active. Um, back to the my Yankees. You haven't won the World Series since when, Bob? 2009. This is getting out of hand, Bob. You know me, man. I, 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 this is getting out of hand. It's been 11 years, baby. You know what I mean? I went through a drought before from, from what? From 78 to 96. That was 18 years. It's starting to feel like that a little bit, Bob. You know, yeah, yeah, it's um, like the whole Don Mattingly time with the Yankees didn't matter because they didn't win a World Series. And as great as Mattingly was, you know, it's like he gets he doesn't get as much love as he really should get because he never did get that World Series back then. And today, when you're spending 150 million dollars to put together a team that you want always to go to the World Series, you think twice. You you think twice, and you make sure. Everything's going to be an insurance in a hole, so you can still be that marquee team. When they say baseball, they say the New York Yankees. <laughs> right, absolutely. It's been and it's been eleven years, and, and, and you can't say that we didn't have the teams. We didn't have the you know we didn't have the teams to get it done. We just didn't get it done, Bob. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's, I'm I'm the biggest Yankee fan that you'll see, and I'm not going to make no excuses. I'm not going to make no excuses, man. You know, but um, you know. Um, we got to figure out the rotation behind Garrett Cole and Louis Severino. Um, we either got to, you know, I think we should keep DJ LeMahieu or he's going to end up on the Mets. So, you know, I, I, that's what I think is going to happen with that. And speaking of the Mets, I think you know, now they have the new owner. I think that, you know, they're going to make, you know, spend some money, which they haven't done for a long time, I think. But here's the thing, though, with the Mets. You have, a, the Mets have had a lot of superstars cross their path. You know what I mean? Some in a little bit, some maybe a little bit past their prime, Bob. You know, your Roberto Alomars, you know, those guys like that, the, the Hershizers, those guys going back in the Mets history. Um, Steve Cohen, he's the new Mets owner. He wants to, you know, spend some money and be active right now. Um, and, and I'm going to say this right now, Bob, where we are right now, December the 2nd, 2020. Here's a name that, I, that I'm going to 
say that I can guarantee is going to be on the New York Mets in 2021. George Springer, Houston Astros, is going to be a New York Met in 2021. Write it down, take a picture, send a snapshot, whatever you need to do. We're going to revisit this. George Springer is going to be in Queens. And then I think that's going to be the beginning of maybe, you know, the Mets trying to challenge the Yankees for, you know, supremacy in New York. Because the Mets don't really, they're, they're not a bad team. They just need a couple of pieces. And I think they need a, 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 a really, 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 really good player in his prime, Bob. I'm not talking about passes prime. Somebody, you know, like a, a, a Robinson Cano type dude. We don't, nah, they don't need that. They need somebody who can play right now and produce right now and for the next three or four years. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Mets haven't really had that that spark in the city since the, the strawberry and good in days. Let's keep it a thousand. Even when they was going to the World Series, you know, when they were playing and they played the Kansas City Royals in the World Series, it wasn't, nah. It was, it was on a hope that the, next, the Mets could beat the Royals. It was it's a hope like, and they still couldn't beat them. It's not like that 86 Mets, Mets team that you saw oh, nah. really built up, you know. You bring up Hershiser where that goes, you know, and you look you know, look back at the fact that, you know, the, the two guys that even played as Yankees and won the World Series and Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden, you know, and you had them. Mm-hmm. And the Mets had them back when they were in their prime, you know, and you also had Gary Carter, right. you had Mookie Wilson, you right. had Hubie Brooks, you know, you really had, you, you had a lot, and I'm just only naming a few from that Mets yeah, team. Lenny Dykes, Lenny Dykes, 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 yeah. Fernandez, Ojeda, yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, Bob, when you talk about, you know, teams like that, there's a word that we use, man, as being kind of like, you know, we're we the older heads, you know what I mean? So we've seen it. Um, when we talk about those, those, those teams, Bob, what they were, they were teams, Bob. That, I think that's the difference, my guy. Those were teams. You know, those, those, those uh, 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 three-peat Yankees, the O'Neills and the Jeters and the Marianos and the Pettits. Those were teams. You know what I mean? Because you had a, a veteran mix of, of players that didn't tolerate anything less than winning and a championship attitude. You know, nowadays you, 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 you got teams that think they can win on reputation and think they can win because they make the most money or they got the biggest payroll. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, that, that's, that's the difference in, in what – we're used to watching when it comes to baseball and what's going on today for me. Um, a team like the San Diego Padres, I talked about them. I think that the Padres are back, you know, back from where I have no idea. Cause they, you know, I mean, the 84 Padres with the Garbies and, and, and those guys like that, you know, they, they got, you know, beat by the Tigers in the world series. And then, you know, moving forward with the um, Kevin Brown Padres and Tony Gwynn, rest in peace, those guys, they got beat by the Yankees in the World Series. So I think when you talk about the Padres being back, I think that they're not, they're not there yet. Even though, you know, the Tatis, he's going to be a superstar, Fernando Tatis Jr., and I like how, what he brings to the game. Um, their work definitely is not done by a long shot, okay? Um, they should, you know, I think the, the Padres should be on, in on Trevor Bauer, Okay, especially after they lost Mike Clevenger to Tommy John surgery. So I think the Padres are a team that you should watch. Um, I think the White Sox, they're an example of, you know, um, a team that kind of, you know, got it a little bit before they they were ready. Okay, Um, I'm not, you know, they they have an MVP 
in um, Jose Abreu. Not mad at that. Um, Tim Anderson is dope. That whole squad is young and they're ready. But going back to the future with Tony Larusa, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping it works, Bob. You know what I mean? Because I'm used to seeing Tony Larusa when you know Oakland and, and and the White Sox before and St. Louis. He, you know, he's used to championship type baseball. And I think what they have to do is now not worry about what Cleveland does or worry about what Minnesota does. They have to worry about getting their rotation together behind Lucas Giolito and, and make sure that that situation in the outfield, specifically right field, is better for them when you talk about the Chicago White Sox. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple other teams that we're going to push it over. We're going to go over to the NFL, man. Um, we're talking about a team like the Minnesota Twins. Nelson Cruz is a free agent. They non-tendered Eddie Rosario. All right. So again, Minnesota, they could have some money freed up to fill up a couple of spots. Because again, you know, you look at the Minnesota Twins on paper and you say, wow, they could challenge Cleveland for the Central. You know, but then, it, you know, when you get to the playoffs, what happens? So again, the Twins have to work on being more than just a regular season team. Um, one more team I want to throw out there that I kind of, you know, liked a little bit last year with the things that they did. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays, another one of those teams that, you know, you call them a playoff team. They got a bunch of young hitters who had baseball pedigrees. You know what I mean? The Vlad Guerrero Juniors. You know what I mean? The Kevin Biggios. You know what I mean? The, uh, um, the Pichette kid. You know, so, again, they, they – they're that team in the American League who could be the American League version of the Padres if they got it together. Okay? Um, I think that they're going to seek to, you know, upgrade through the free agent market. And, um, again, they're going to challenge in the American League East. You know, they're going to challenge in the American League East, man. But I think, um, you know, they got some work to do. They, they definitely have some work to do. Um, we talked baseball for a hot minute, man. Now we're going to move it over to the NFL. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass on a Wednesday night. I got Bob James in the house with me, a.k.a. the ubiquitous Bob James is in the building. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers are 11-0 now after they defeated the Baltimore Ravens 19-14 today. Um, I don't know if people remember, but I do. I talked about the Steelers before the season started as being one of those teams to watch out for. Because mainly because Ben Roethlisberger is back, I think that again I just got off the phone with Slate before we went on before we came on the air. Shout out to Slate, man. Get 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 better quick, my guy. Um, I think that the Steelers now, and I talked about this before, Bob. You know me when you got teams that are deep into a schedule or deep into a when they're eleven and zero. You know, don't give me Bob. Don't give me uh, uh, twelve and four. Okay, don't, don't, you started off 11 and 0. I always say this when you got a team that starts off hot like this, don't give me 12 and 4. Don't give me, you know, at this point with the Steelers, I, I could see them going 14 and 2 because you know the last week of the season nobody's going to play because they're going to clinch the playoff, clinch probably clinch home field, and everybody's going to rest. So those last two weeks of the season, I don't know. You know what I mean? But again, today the Steelers didn't look all that hot, man. They had several drops, okay? Um, Roethlisberger still, you know, despite the drops, he completed over 70% of his passes. Uh, he threw 51 passes today for 266 yards, which is way too much. 
He completed seven passes to Eric Ebron, eight to Deontay Johnson, all right, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and six to Chase Claypool, who makes people forget about James Washington all of a sudden, okay? With one of his biggest completions in the game with the James Washington on the third down catch, okay? Um, you know, that helped put the game on ice. And, again, that's why I talk about Ben extending the play. If you watch this particular play, Roethlisberger was flushed out of the pocket, moved to his right, and he just kind of lofted a pass that James Washington got, and he caught that between two Baltimore Ravens defenders. Now, for me, when that play happened, I called Slate, because Slate, is, he's like the biggest Steelers fan I know. I called Slate. I said, I said yo, that's why Ben Roethlisberger's career, when you look at Ben Roethlisberger's career compared to Phillip Rivers and compared to Eli Manning, it's going to be about Ben. I mean, Eli got his two rings, two MVPs. Philip Rivers is a, you know what I mean? I mean, Philip Rivers should have been, but again, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But Ben Roethlisberger, I think that Ben Roethlisberger, for whatever, I don't deal with the off-the-field stuff. Y'all can have that. I'm not concerned with that. You know what I mean? All I'm concerned about is what I see on the field, and that's what I deal with. I think that um, he, he's that guy. Ben Roethlisberger, and I think what the Steelers, you know, are doing right now, um, you know, they have to get up a little bit with their running game, you know, even though, you know, uh, Benny Snell, he had 93 all-purpose yards today on 19 touches, okay? Um, I think that, you know, what the Steelers are doing right now, they can, you know, they can end up, you know, being, you know, down in Tampa for, you know, the Super Bowl or whatever. I, I said that before the season started. I, I said it was even going to be out of the Steelers or Kansas City Chiefs. I, again, to go up against, yeah, I said it, yep, to go up against Tampa Bay, I said it, yep, I'm not going to play myself, I'm going to stand on my square, you know what I mean, but I think that the Steelers are looking good, as far as that, you know, um, look at their schedule, yeah, look at their schedule, what about it, what about it, because I think if the Steelers were 0-11, you would say, wow, they, their next schedule wasn't that strong, they're 0-11, like, like, you can't have it both ways. You beat who they put in front of you, regardless of who it is. And that's and, and that's that's what it, that's how it goes down. So I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, are, are doing you know everything that they need to do, um, you know, to 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 stay on top and, and maintain. But again, it's, you know, this this pandemic, man, is is threatening this game. This game was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving. And keep it keep it real with you. This game almost wasn't played. The Ravens were going to pull off a wildcat strike and not play. You know, the situation wasn't right, and I don't blame them, man. And, and, and it almost kind of, like, threatened the rest of this NFL season, man. And, again, I'm going to say this one more time. I think that, you know, if the NFL makes it through this season, this particular season right here, they'll be very, very lucky. Um I think that, you know, we have to kind of get, put this thing in check because, it's, you know, the weather's, you know, the weather's is, is, is changing. It's getting changing for the worse. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to a, 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 a serious winter right here. And, you know, the football, so you know how football does. We've got to be outside. So that's, that's going to be really, really crazy. And um, myself and, uh, and the ubiquitous Bob James are talking behind the scenes in regards to the Denver Broncos and their situation. And I'm like, I, I was telling Bob, I was like, wow, man, like, how does, you know, John Elway, who is a quarterback, you know, not make sure that his quarterbacks are good? 
I'm not understanding that. Three of them. All three of your quarterbacks is messed up. You know, and, and, and I think that, you know, um, you know, they tested Jeff Driscoll, and he's one of the backups after he tested positive, man. All the quarterbacks were ruled ineligible. And, and I think that um, you don't really, you know, look forward to having to deal with a pandemic-type situation. But if you're ahead of the game and you see what's going on and you see what's coming, you got to protect one of your quarterbacks, at least one of them. If you're not protecting them off the field, you're not protecting them on the field, when the hell are you protecting them? Bob, can you help me out with this? If you're not protecting the quarterbacks off the field, you're not protecting them on the field, like, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? Then the simplest thing that you, that you can do to prevent this man is to wear a mask. And, and, and again, these dudes didn't have a mask on. Either, you know, all, you know, none of them had masks on. So, again, this is what you get. And, you know, and, and John Elway has to be looked at kind of different, man. I'm not going to be the, 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 you know, offensive quality control coach or none of that. I'm not going to blame none of them dudes. No, 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 no. I'm not going to blame us. The blame falls directly on the guy in charge. And he's a quarterback, a former quarterback. So what are you telling me? He's not looking out for his own? So I, I, just, I just think that um, where we're going with this man is, is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And I think that um, the Denver Broncos are a definite, you know, um, you know, example of how this thing can really, really just get blown out of proportion. I mean, you got the Baltimore Ravens in the Steelers situation. Their game was postponed for almost a week. Okay. You had the Tennessee Titans that had to deal with some stuff earlier in the season. You know, you had Arizona had to deal with some stuff. You know, so, again, it's, it's getting really crazy, man. And I, and I just hope that um, – you know, people can, you know, get their mind right and figure this thing out. And, 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 and maybe, hopefully, as we get closer to the playoffs, you know, Roger Goodell and those guys up there um, at the NFL, man, can figure out some kind of situation where, um, you know, they can get a, a bubble situation going on. But I guess at the end of the day, is that going to be too little too late? You know, um, the NFL schedule has been altered several times already. We've seen a team play without a quarterback. No disrespect to the dude that was playing for Denver, you know what I mean. But uh, again, um, you know this thing, you know this this thing is going to get a lot worse before it gets any better, and people don't you know do what they're supposed to do, and it, and it affects everything, everything and everybody. All right, that's what I wanted to say about that real quick with the NFL, in regards to the NFL, um, the NBA. We had a big trade in the NBA that went down in the last hour. Russell Westbrook has been traded from the Houston Rockets to the Washington Wizards for John Wall. Um, for me, that one, you know, it makes sense. You know, Russell Westbrook, you know, he, he was unhappy in Houston. You know, you know about the situation with John Wall. Okay. So now John Wall gets to, you know, watch James Harden throw up 50 shots a day, a night. And, and, and Russell Westbrook could be the guy for the Wizards. I don't know how that's going to work out with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, and you know, is that going to stunt the growth of Rui Hachimura? All right, the uh, the the number one draft pick from last year who really had a decent season in his rookie year. So uh, we'll figure that out. And again, you know, basketball training camp just started yesterday, so they're in camps and things of that nature. So 
Again, um, the Houston Rockets had a lot of situations going on. The Rockets, you know, Harden and Westbrook were upset because of, you know, the, the, the comments by the Rockets' ownership and their support of, you know, the, the guy that's in, you know, the guy that's in power right now in Washington um, in the White House. So, again, they wanted to, you know, deal with a different situation. Um, James Harden wanted to join Kevin Durant with the Brooklyn Nets. And I think in Westbrook's case, he wanted to be the guy. And what I mean, the guy, he wants to be the guy. Not like the situation when he was in Oklahoma City before with Durant, watching Durant do the MVP, and it was him, Durant, and Harden. I mean, they went to the finals against LeBron and them. Um, I think he wanted to be the man, okay? He went to um, Houston, you know what I mean, where he had to team up with James Harden and watch James Harden do his thing. So now he's going to be in, in, in Washington. He's going to be with, you know, Bradley Bale, Rui Hachimura, those guys. And now he's going to be the man. The floor general, he's going to be the guy, the primary ball handler. He's going to do all that. Um, I think that, you know, with Bradley Beal and, and how he shoots the ball in regards to what Russell Westbrook does um, should make, you know, that Washington Wizards, you know, backcourt one of the better offensive backcourts in the league. And I think that, you know, when you talk about the Washington Wizards now, you have to look at them now in, in, in a kind of like a playoff mindset because they got two, you know, really, very, very good guards in Beal and Westbrook. Okay, um, again, they have to get better because, again, you know, Bradley Beal is going to be a free agent in 2022. All right, remember the Wizards got Bradley Beal to agree to a one-year extension last year. Okay, so, again, I think that this trade, Houston gets John Wall, and they get a 2023 protected first-round pick from the Wizards, and the Wizards get Russell Westbrook. Um, again, you know, Houston, you know, dealing with John Wall, they have, you know, um, you know, taken a risk on this guy. You know, uh, again, him and Russell Westbrook have the same, you know, almost the same contracts, man, because that's why, you know, that deal could get made. Because remember, in the, in, in the uh, NBA, when you're doing trades, the, 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 uh, the money has to match, all right? But remember, John Wall is coming off a torn Achilles, okay? So you don't really know what that how John Wall you're going to get. So I think that, you know, Houston was desperate to kind of like move one of these guys, either Westbrook or Harden, all right? They were desperate, you know what I mean? And they needed some long-term assets. But can you call John Wall a long-term asset? You know, and I think that, you know, what you have in Houston is they're going to eventually, you know, um, you know, have to do a rebuild. And I think if you ask me, in my opinion, I think the Houston Rockets took a step backwards in this Russell Westbrook trade. And I think the Washington Wizards, took a step forward. Now, how big a step? That has yet to be seen. That has yet to be seen. But I think that, um, you know, with those eight spots in the East, the Wizards could definitely get one of those spots. Definitely. But we'll see how that goes. Um, NBA released their um, Christmas Day schedule. All right? You know, the season starts off in, in about three weeks. Okay. Um, Christmas Day is going to, you know, start off as, you know, I, I always talked about it, and Bob could vouch for me. I always talked about wanting, you know, starting the season on Christmas Day. I don't get into basketball until around Christmas anyway. And that's just me. Because I think that the, the first three, you know, first three weeks of the season are more like an extension of, you know, the preseason, okay, when guys are just still kind of learning each other and getting that, 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 that cohesiveness down. Um. Five games have been chosen for Christmas Day, all right? 
You got 12 noon. You got the New Orleans Pelicans at the Miami Heat. Okay. Then at 2:30, you got the Golden State Warriors at Milwaukee. Five o'clock, you got the Brooklyn Nets who visit the Boston Celtics. At eight o'clock on Christmas night, you have the Dallas Mavericks at LA playing the Lakers and LeBron in. Then at 10:30 to close out the night, you have the Los Angeles Clippers. All right playing against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. So um, the entire schedule has not been released. Look for that to be released probably in about 10 days. All right? Um, the first half, the, only the first half of the schedule is going to get released, the entire NBA schedule, the first half. The second half is going to have to wait because they're going to have to, you know, see, you know, um, what games are going to need to be made up because of the pandemic. Um, Again, there are you know you know big games that are scheduled for opening night on December twenty second. Uh, again, um, then you have Martin Luther King Day on January nineteenth. So the league, you know, um, you know, offers you know what it what it what it needs to. But I think that um, Christmas, you know, is, is is should be the opening day of basketball. You know, but I think that um, they had to have the matchups to help fans, you know, get back to basketball after, you know, we just had a cha- crown the champion uh, about a month and a half ago. So I think that um, what we have is, um, you know, what you want. You want basketball? Here you go. Okay. Um, the Lakers and the Mavericks. I think that uh, when you talk about that game, you know, the Lakers took three of the four games with Dallas last year. Um, remember that game back in November? that went to overtime after um, the officials missed the screen on Dwight Howard and set up a game tying shot by Danny Green. Uh, again, LeBron, um, you know, he, he won his fourth finals MVP award. Is again, you know, the, NB, the NBA's most undisputed best player, allegedly, you know. Um, shot odds are favorite to win the MVP. But I think that, um, you know, without Kristaps Porzingis, that's going to be something that's, you know, it's going to be hard for Dallas to kind of like do what they want to do as soon as they want to do it. Because, you know, Porzingis is going to be, uh, you know, coming off of an injury. Um, Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. I, I, I'm interested in seeing what the Brooklyn Nets do. You know, I mean, being from Brooklyn, being a Brooklyn head. I'm not a Brooklyn Nets fan by no stretch. And it's New York Knicks all day. Um, I'm going to say this. I think that the clock is ticking on the Brooklyn Nets. As soon as they put the, the ball in the air on opening night for the Brooklyn Nets, they're going to be under pressure. Because it's not like, you know, you take, you're going to need two or three years to get a title in Brooklyn. You guys get that now. And I, I know Steve Nash and, and his coaching staff and, you know, Kevin Durant is supposed to be the big, you know, bully on the block. We're going to see how that's going to work. You know, now they got to compete now. Instead of just doing it, you know, on paper or in the press, they've got to compete for real now. They've got to go compete with the Sixers, with Doc Rivers and them. They got to go compete with Milwaukee, with Giannis and them, Miami. Okay, they're the, they're the defending Eastern Conference champs, Boston Celtics. Okay, so the East is not going to be a walk in the park by no stretch of the imagination. All right? Some people say, that Kevin Durant's look good in, 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 in pickup games and things of that nature, but a pickup game is a pickup game. You know what I mean? I can go out there and give you 15 and 10 in the pickup game, but the NBA, I don't know. 
No, um, I think that, you know, when you talk about the Boston Celtics, you know, Gordon Hayward being gone, Kemba Walker, you know, dealing with an injury, um, Jason Tatum is going to be the focal point of that team. And we'll see what the Boston Celtics do um, against the Brooklyn Nets on Christmas Day. Um, the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers. Bad blood. There's bad blood between these two squads. All right, the Clippers had a 3-1 lead. In, in, in the playoffs last year, um, Jermichael Green, who used to play for the Clippers, he, you know, signed with the Denver Nuggets. You know what I mean? And he talked about how the you know, Denver had, you know, fighting spirit and heart and the Clippers didn't have any. Um, you know, we're going to see how that goes, man. That might be a, a burgeoning, you know, a, a developing rivalry in the Western Conference. Um, the Clippers signed Serge Ibaka. The Nuggets lost Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee. Those are two important you know, elements of their uh, upset of the Clippers in the playoffs last year. Um, I think that, you know, you just got to remember that the Denver Nuggets are not a slouch. And the Los Angeles Clippers are not the team that everybody, you know, had them cracked up to be with the Paul George and the Kawhi and all that. Now Doc Rivers is gone. You know, now Paul George has said what he said about, you know, playing in, 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 in in Doc Rivers' system, okay? Um, we've seen, you know, a lot of guys, you know, talk about they're going to, you know, be championship players and they, they, they have championship aspirations, but when the lights come on, they kind of shy away from it, you know? And we're going to see now, you know, with the, with, the, with the Clippers and the Nuggets, are the Clippers going to hold their spot? Are they going to let the Denver Nuggets now kind of like be the new guys on the block and they don't, and they, and they don't have anything to lose, really? They have everything to gain and nothing to lose, and the Clippers have everything to lose and really not too much to gain. Because, again, at the end of the day, they're never going to be the, the team in L.A. as long as the Lakers are there, okay? They could do whatever they do, but they're never going to be the team in L.A. All right? Miami Heat and New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know, you got one corner, you got Zion Williamson, okay, with the, with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. And then the other corner, you got Bam Adebayo, all right? Um, he was one of the breakout stars of the bubble, okay? And Zion Williamson, you know, I think, they, you know, New Orleans still has some, uh, some work that they have to get done in regards to putting, you know, putting together a, a, a squad that can really um, compete in the West on a serious level, all right? I mean, New Orleans Pelicans are cool. They got Zion Williamson, all of that is fly. All of that is, is, is lovely. You know, um, I think that you got to remember what happened last year when, you know, the NBA in their, in, in their infinite wisdom, I always say that, right, Bob? In its infinite wisdom, they put the Pelicans on national television every chance they got. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of those games does Zion Williamson play? So that's, that's the question I have with them. You know, you, 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 you're putting... Uh, uh, the Pelicans on TV, national TV, every chance you get. You want to attract fans. You want to attract eyes. But what's the, why are you selling Wolf tickets? Zion Williamson. You sell us on Zion Williamson, and then he doesn't even play. How many of those national televised games does Zion Williamson play? All right? So I think that um, even if he does play, and it's not really a rivalry, they don't even play in the same conference. So I mean, what what are we what are we what are we trying to prove in this game? You know, I think that um, 
again, you know, this is just one of those filler games. You know, no disrespect to Miami, man, Eastern Conference, the defending Eastern Conference champion, no disrespect to them, but it is what it is. You know, I would have rather liked to see a Miami and Boston game on Christmas or a Miami and the Lakers game on Christmas, you know? So, I mean, but I don't make the schedule, you know? Um, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors. I think if, if um, Clay Thompson was healthy, you know, um, I think that, you know, you might have a possible NBA Finals preview on our hands, but Again, I, and that's, that's a little bit you know, jumping out the window because you can't trust the Milwaukee Bucks, all right? Um, we already saw a, a thinner version of Golden State try to hand at, you know, playing without Clay Thompson last year. Didn't go really well. Um, you know, I think that this year's squad is going to be better, but I think that, um, you know, it's not every day when you get to see two-time MVPs on the floor at the same time. You know, you got Steph Curry and you got Giannis after the Kumpo. So I think that um, the interesting part of this game is going to watch and see how um, James Wiseman, who was the number two overall pick by Golden State from um, University of Memphis, who will probably be playing his second NBA game, and Drew Holiday, who will be playing his probably his second game as a Milwaukee Buck. So I think that um, when you watch you know this game right here, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how you know these teams put it together. You know, again they're in training camp right now. So um, I think this, that's that's what you that's what you're gonna do, man. You're gonna you know figure this thing out. Um, talk about opening night. You got the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant he makes his Brooklyn Nets debut against the team that he won a championship with. Okay, so it's gonna be interesting to see how he looks for the first time in well over a year. Okay, um, the fact that you know his first game as a Brooklyn Net comes against his former franchise. I think that um, you know that 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 that's going to be the the main uh, focus of interest during, you know, for this game. You know, no Clay Thompson, so I think that um, you know you're going to look at this game and be like, you know, what if? All right, then you're going to get to see your first, you know, get your first, you know, good look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as a duo. I don't like it. Kyrie is is, is going to be overshadowed again. You know, I think that. Um, on paper, and we don't play the game on paper, you look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's one of the you know, most dynamic duos in, in league history, right? Allegedly. Right? But, you know, Kyrie Irving always wanted his own situation. He hasn't got his own situation yet. He thought he was going to have it up in Boston. He kind of, you know, you know, he did that in. You know, okay? Self-sabotage. Um, I think that, you know, with star players, it doesn't necessarily guarantee success. You know, if it did, um, you know, Oklahoma City would have a title by now. Okay, the Rockets would have won a title over the past couple of years. The Clippers wouldn't have lost in the Western Conference semis. So, again, um, you know, it's going to be good to see, you know, Durant and Irvin out on the floor together. But, um, again, I, for me, I think that, you know, it's, it's, you know you'll be hard-pressed to, to pick the Brooklyn Nets as one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. And I'm willing to, 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 to chop it up with anybody who sees otherwise. I don't see them being that much better than Milwaukee. I don't see them being that much better than, than, than Philadelphia. I think their situation has changed. You know, Dwight Howard, hopefully he can, you know, put the battery in, in, um, in, in, uh, in Joel Embiid's back pause, you know, and hopefully Ben Simmons can become a better player. 
Um, but again, we'll see. We'll see how that how that develops and how that happens as far as the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets are concerned. Because the Brooklyn Nets feel like they're gonna come and snatch everything from everybody, and I don't think that's going you know that that's gonna be the case. Um, James Wiseman who makes his NBA debut for Golden State. All right, um, he's gonna make his debut against the Knicks. Uh, I mean the Nets on opening night. All right, like we said earlier, you know Golden State selected Wiseman with the second overall pick in last month's draft. And I think he's going to play a role, you know, on a, on a, a team in Golden State that looks to climb back into contention in the West after, you know, dealing with a bunch of injury issues last year with having, you know, caused them to have a down year. Um, if James Wiseman, you know, plays, you know, within himself, I think, you know, he can, you know, be a, be a um, person who could definitely help. You know, he's going to play limited minutes early as he gets, you know, acclimated to the NBA because, again, it's going to be like an extended training camp the first month of the season. We're not going to see no real NBA basketball maybe until January um, going into February, okay? Um, then you have the Battle of L.A., all right? Um, op- you know, the Clippers and the Lakers, all right? They played each other on opening night last year. Then they played each other on Christmas Day. And I hate it all again, playing against each other opening up the season. Um, I don't think people have had the same gusto for this rivalry or alleged rivalry that they had going into last year, all right? Um, the Lakers are champions. The Clippers, you know, can't, you know, really say much. They're coming into it with a new – they have a new coach. They're going to have a whole, you know, new scenario going on. You know, you still got the Kawhi and the, Kawhi and the, and the, and the Paul George thing going on. But who cares about that? You know, they talked all this junk about what they want to do and, and then came up with a whole bunch of excuses and got rid of their coach. Okay, um, we talked about Jermichael Green. He left the Clippers and went to the Nuggets and talked about how the Clippers didn't have any heart. So, again, you know, this game is going to be a, a nice early barometer to see how, you know, these teams stack up against each other, you know. So we'll see. Um, again, when you talk about, you know, tweaking the roster, you have Montreal, Montreal Harold. He played with the Clippers last year, all right? Um, he went to the Lakers, free agency. So, I mean, again, it's, it, it, you know, it's a whole bunch of, you know, behind-the-scenes stories that, you know, we're going to develop as far as the NBA is concerned. And once we get closer to um, opening night, which is 20 days away, 19 days and counting, um, I just feel like, yo, you know, it's going to be, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it is what it is. I hate saying that stuff. Um, I think that, I'm looking forward to see, you know, what my Knicks look like. I, I say that every year, you know, but I think that, you know, what Leon Rose and those guys did, um, they definitely did, you know, uh, um, some positive things. They got the guy that, you know, we all wanted as Knicks fans, Obi Toppin, okay? So now just let that kid, you know, get into his situation and let him get familiar with what's going on around him. And, um, you know, he can, he can have a go at it and make it happen, man. All right, this is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, giving it up to you on a Wednesday. We've got a um, one-hour run tonight, man, because i got something i got to deal with on a personal tip. But, um, again, man, at the end of the day, man, I hope everybody's, you know, enjoying themselves, man. The numbers are going up, so you know what you got to do. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and beat you in the head with it. Um, but, again, man, I think that, um, you know, people need to just, you know, take heed of what's going on, man. And um, I think that... Uh, Everything is going to be what it is, all right? 
Um, college basketball is un- uh, underway, and we'll see, you know, um, how this goes, you know, as far as, you know, um, making some things, you know, happen as far as, you know, keeping up with that, and hopefully we don't have any, you know, um, you know interruptions with the basketball season. And uh, that's what it is. And we'll get to everybody gets to Indianapolis and the um, the Final Four. We'll figure it out. All right. So um, this is after further review, man. Two point oh, aka the side round pass. I want to shout out my man, the ubiquitous Bob James, aka Pretty Bob James, aka Active VR Bob in the building. All right. And we're doing what we do, man. We're gonna come back at y'all next week, man, with a, a strong two hours. Get it popping and all that. I just got some other things on my mind that I got to deal with on a personal level, man. Um, and shout out to everybody who rock with me, man. I appreciate y'all to the fullest, all right? Um, this weekend, we got a fight coming up, big fight coming up, pay-per-view fight. I don't know why they do pay-per-view fights, right? Really? You got Danny Garcia and um, L. Spence. Now, this fight can go either way. I, I'm not really looking for any, um, <clears throat> you know, big things from Errol Spence. I just think he should have took a lesser fight, like a, a tune-up before he jumped into the, you know, the water with the Sharks. But Danny Garcia, I'm not really a big Danny Garcia dude anyway. You know what I mean? I, I think that Danny Garcia, you know, is, 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 a, is a definitely a good fighter. He's definitely a, a, a good fighter. Great? Nope. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. But I think that whatever Danny Garcia does against Errol Spence is going to be looked at with a jaundiced eye. You know, what if Errol Spence didn't get into his accident? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? So, um, but pay-per-view, they out their mind. I don't understand what they are really, really reaching. I don't know who's, if you pay for that, more power to you. And if you pay for the Tyson and Roy Jones fight, more power to you. And that's a perfect segue into my three-minute rant. We're going to start the three-minute rant right now. The three-minute rant, listen, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, a great event for the people who, you know, never really got a chance to see either one of those guys in the ring, even though it was an exhibition. Um, I thought that Mike Tyson, you know, you know gave a, a, a pretty good uh, representation of himself, as did Roy Jones. Um, do I want to see it again? No. All right. Um, did I want to see it this time? Not really. So I wasn't really one of those big people jumping out the window to see Tyson and Roy Jones, but they got it in. Um, they showed guys a certain age. They can, you know, get in shape and believe in yourself and you can do what you do. And, um, again, that's that. Now, Nate Robinson, that's a different story. Nate Robinson went in there and got his clock cleaned by Jake Paul. Not Jake from State Farm, Jake from Paul Farm, and 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 again, you know, I have never seen a a boxer win a fight with basketball shoes on. That's number one. Number two, I don't know who was training Nate Robinson for this particular match, but whoever that was, they need to be fired because Nate Robinson no hand skills, none, and I can say that as a dude who has hand skills. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't go in there. You don't, that's how you get knocked out. If you want to know how to get knocked out, watch that Nate Robinson fight. If you want to call it a fight, watch that. And that'll give you a perfect lesson on how to get knocked out. Word up. 
So I feel like, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, big for the people who wanted to reminisce and, 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 you know, imaginate. That's what, that's what this world is about now. A lot of imagination, you know, people just saying anything and then passing it off as the truth until it gets confronted with actual facts. You know what I mean? So, um, people that, you know, pay for that pay-per-view, more power to them. But, um, as far as, you know, I heard reports of people saying that Tyson and Tyson made $30 million for this. Man, get the hell out of here. Knock it off. Now, first of all, it's the exhibition. All right? Second of all, if Nate Robinson and Jake Paul got $600 a piece for this, how do you think Mike Tyson got $30 million? Like, this is what we're dealing with with these weirdos, man. I, I really don't. They, they get to say anything they want and then be like, oh, my mistake, my bad. No, you don't do your research. And then you get mad when somebody like myself steps to you with that, you know, telling you, like, yo, what's on your mind? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? So that, that's, that, that's that, man. And I feel like, you know, Mike Tyson showed himself. And I think now, you know, Evander Holyfield is calling Mike Tyson out. Um, let him get in the ring and do it. George Foreman got in the ring and beat up Michael Moore. He was 50-plus coming off of a, a, a decade-plus layoff. So what's the matter? All right? What's the problem? And that's the three-minute rant. All right, yo, I'm about to get up out of here, man. Salute to my man, Wacko Bob, a.k.a. Ubiquitous Bob James, a.k.a. Pretty Bob James, a.k.a. Action VR Bob. We're going to hit you back next Wednesday night, man, with the two-hour full, full gusto, all right? This is the mayor. Get at me on Twitter at RMDesk. Get at me, man, on Facebook. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. We are on Facebook. The group is popping. And, yes, your man is in the lead when it comes to the NFL picks. Get your picks in, man. All right, we got you. We'll talk to you all next week, man. AFR, AFR, a.k.a. TSP 2.0, and we are out. Respect.